And he said, I only had eight double shots, which is like a weird way of saying I had 16 drinks of alcohol. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. Like that is yeah. wild, a wild yeah. thing to say. I think that's like a and big thing is they try to rationalize They rationalize where they try to downplay okay. it. Right. And it's like. All things drinking and driving. Louis Pratt, New York State's engagement specialist for SAD, joins a podcast to discuss the science behind people rationalizing with their drinking and driving habits. So let's do it. Too many days in the darkness without a glimpse of the light. Running tired and broken and scared, but I swear I'll never give up the fight. I see you broken and beat. So when you're working with SAD, mobility safety, obviously alcohol and distracted driving has to be involved with that um, type of conversation as well. How much of a concern is that with students today and what are the type of tactics you guys help to implement? Yeah, so it still is a really big concern. I think especially with now vaping, adding that into the mix, social media is developing. Teens are seeing more of an increase of wanting to text and drive. They want to drink and drive. The distraction. And distraction, yeah. right. It's, they want to film themselves doing this they, stupid stuff right, too. Yeah, I mean, you've seen like the Kiki dance on TikTok a couple of years ago, oh, where yeah. they would stop the car and it would be moving and they would just get out and dance. Yeah. And that is like a big distraction. And sometimes I think teens don't realize how big of an issue it is because they haven't been harmed by it. Mm. But that's just luck. You, you don't, I mean, not even call yourself lucky. You know, you just, you just didn't get caught. But it's harmful. When yeah. you look at your phone while you're driving, typically it's like five football fields, I believe, is the statistic. And that's a lot of space you are going by without looking at the road. Yeah. And it's really quick to get hurt. And I think one of the things that SAD does that's so important is peer-to-peer -peer outreach. You know, kids in school, they listen to teachers talk for how many years? By the time they're like a junior, they don't want to hear a teacher preaching them about something else. But when they hear their peers talking about it, that's what really gets them. You know, I've, I've gone up to my friends and I'm like, hey, you pulled into the parking lot on your phone. I watched you. You shouldn't be doing that. And then they're like, why? And I explain to them how harmful it is. And then they sit back and like, okay, well, I never really thought of it like that. And I think that is another issue is sometimes it just needs to be put into perspective for people about how harmful it is. Underage drinking is so incredibly harmful. And then you add that on to being impaired while driving. That just, it's, you know, it's double homicide. It's, yeah. You could really get harmed in a car while doing that. And I think, you know, teens, their brains are still developing. They might not necessarily think this decision I'm making is going to be incredibly harmful. And I think sometimes one of the bigger issues, like I mentioned, was they just haven't been harmed in it. But if you take a look at the statistics and numbers, people are getting harmed and it's getting worse. And that's why an organization like SAD is so important because they're tackling that and they're taking the peer-to-peer -peer outreach, the students talking to other students, and that is what really works. You know, I've talked to kids in my school and I've taken some friends and I've been like, you know, don't vape. It's not gonna make you cool. There's so many other activities you can do. And then if you're driving while doing all that, that just makes it worse. Yeah, and so the rationale too of like rationalizing why it's okay right. that they're doing it too because the, I saw one guy 
during COVID, this was actually hit the news, which is why I saw it. He was on a Zoom call for um, a traffic violation with the judge, and he was on that Zoom call while driving. Right. Which is yeah. like, you're <laughs> there's yeah, so many wrongs just, there, and the arrogance exactly. too. But you also find... The, the, like you said, the um, somebody saying, oh, it's not that bad or, or whatever yeah. their rationale is. And people, oh, yeah, I'm a good drunk driver or right. I'm a good and you're, whatever you're it good is. And you at it. You just caught yeah. yourself lucky. And it reminds me of like the Mel Gibson DUI in 2006. You, you know Mel Gibson is um, uh, a guy from Patriot. He famous DUI because he made it famous because he got out of the car super bombed i mean right. wasted i don't know what his um what he ended up blowing but well over 0.08 he tried to rationalize with it and he said i only had eight double shots which is like a weird way of saying i had 16 drinks of alcohol right <laughs> you know what i'm right. saying yeah. like that is yes. wild a wild yeah. thing to say i think that's like a big and thing is they try to rationalize they rationalize where they try to downplay okay. it right. and it's like dude it's like eight double shots like you know how much that alcohol that is that is right. like a lot of actual bottles like a 750 milliliter bottle actually it comes out to about 23 um cervix which is he almost just admitted to having an entire bottle of liquor right. by downplaying that and you realize how dangerous it is that a guy like that even yeah. maybe he's an alcoholic maybe he um drinks a lot so his tolerance is very high, but there's still, it's just an enormous level. And there's like no excuse for it in general. And I think one of the excuses that teens try to use is that they're good at multitasking. Psychologically, your brain is wired to be a monotasker. Nobody can multitask. That's just not how our brains are wired. And I think that's an excuse that comes up a lot too is, oh, I can text and drive. Oh, I can do this and drive. You're not meant to be a multitasker. Your brain can only focus on something once. That's just how psychology has studied it. And that's how it's found that's worked. Well, especially with men too, we're designed to really hyper-focus on just like one thing. Right. And I think women have the edge in terms of multitasking if we were to pick one or the other, which is why I think a lot of them, um, you, you walk in the restaurants, a lot of times they're the servers because they're able to go, okay, you want a Coke, you want a Sprite, you right. want this, you want that. Sometimes they're not even writing it down. I'm yeah. like, wow, that's a memory. Yeah. But they're able to multitask as they're already putting like a plates together for the tables. And then I think about that and I realize why men typically have to pay more for car insurance by average earlier in life because car insurance companies go, okay, from this amount of information that we have, men between like 17 and 21, 22, I mean, you look at the amount of car wrecks that they've, they've been in and have caused, and most importantly, single car wrecks, because that is the like a wild statistic when it's a single car wreck you go it was clearly just just you then because there wasn't anyone else right. involved which is so dangerous because you, it means you've just been going how fast right i mean really how fast and i could think of like probably three four people off the top of my head in these two seconds thinking about the high school that i went to within like the four years before me and the four when i was there and the four years after me people dying in car wrecks just because of the amount of speed or the alcohol involved. And right. the thing is they they know that it's wrong when they do it. Yeah. But they just don't have that that one second when that judge judgment decision is made. 
they make the wrong decision and then it's it's over right exactly yeah no it's it's so bad and i think like it really is a lot of them they just try to make excuses this is why it's okay that i do that this is why it's okay to do that but it's not okay that you do it and you know i've seen so many kids in my school get ticketed for texting and driving for speeding for doing all those things and then they're like oh darn i have to pay the fine and then they do it again and it's so hard to get them to learn the lesson and i think like the saying like ask for forgiveness not permission like that's one of those in those cases where there's this advice that's been put out there that's like oh you're fine your parents aren't going to catch you drinking your parents are going to do this but it shouldn't be about what you're i mean obviously it should be about what your parenting but also like your morals like you shouldn't be doing that there is a reason it's illegal it wouldn't not just be illegal for no reason you shouldn't be drinking and driving i mean even overage drinking and driving it kills and it kills and to sit back and just see stories on the news, you know, a teen died in this crash because they were texting, they were doing this. And then not only does it hurt you, but you're sharing the roadway. And sometimes you're killing other people that are on the roadway with you. And that too, it's just so harmful. And it's so sad to sit back and watch because that's somebody's life. That's somebody's family. That's an empty seat at a Thanksgiving dinner table. You know, that's someone who's not coming home. You have to really be selfless and think about you're sharing the roadway with somebody else. And I think that's so important. Yeah, because there happens so quick and the regret right afterwards mm -hmm. is enormous. But at the same time, you cannot take it back. Right. And I feel like the younger someone is, too, the more susceptible they are because it's just the emotion really drives the fact. Because a lot of times, sometimes they're not even drunk or drinking. It's just that pedal to the metal, mm -hmm. driving 80, 90 on a dark road. One story, guy had a fight with his girlfriend. This is high school. Fight with his girlfriend, about 10 minutes away from his house, speeding like a monster. And there was like this straightaway, but in the middle of the straightaway, there was like a very quick C. And that C, he got to the end of it, yep. but really wasn't going straight. He was still trying to get control over the car and on the right-hand side was an entire like, mason supply company that had like concrete and building materials. And halfway down the road, there was a humongous block of concrete yeah. that was there, right. that was solid. And he was still trying to get control at night and just missed the telephone pole right before the concrete, head on going probably no less than 80, died at the scene. And that concrete wall did not move, didn't move an inch. And I believe that his father was even a doctor at the hospital that he ended up getting um, transported to. Now, I'm not sure if he was either A, working at the time, but if he was working at the time, super awful. And But if he wasn't working at the time, it was off, then he's getting calls from his coworkers saying, this happened. Right. You know, your, your son's here, which is which is just insane to think about that that he lives 10 minutes and it was probably right in the middle, I would say, where the, the car wreck happened, where he was probably five minutes from home where this road he drove probably every day. Yep. So, you know, the roads, not drunk, but just, you know, you turn up that emotional notch a yeah. little bit and then you think of, well, 
why is he driving that fast? Well, you know, he might be trying to like get some aggression out yeah. or express himself. A lot of times you'll hear, hear yeah. the people, uh, the guys like revving their engines right. and stuff like that. You yeah. know, there's, there's a reason why I think they're trying to, uh, why they're doing that. But yeah. there was a lot of those underlying issues. Um, and what do you, what do you see from your perspective with the people you work with through SAD that might be an underlying issue that is causing people to get in the cars and be absolutely careless, intentionally careless, almost with the distracted driving, a little bit of drinking and driving. Yeah, it's, it's mental health. That is one of the most underlying causes. SAD has done a lot of work in the last couple of years with connecting mental health to driving. And there is a connector. I had a teacher once tell me how he had witnessed this lady in a car. She had like passed out at the wheel and all, she was like ping-ponging off of this guardrails. So then they stopped, they got help. He got back in his car and he had been so emotionally like unwell from it. He was three exits off from where he needed to turn because he had just been thinking about that. And that's just because your brain is, that's what your brain's thinking about. So a lot of the time, teens don't love getting up early in the morning. So they're on their way to school, they're tired, their mental health, they're not fully awakened. It's gonna cause them to drive drowsy. At the end of the school day, so much has just happened in the last seven hours. You're probably thinking about what's going on tonight. Are you going to go to your friend's house? You're going to do this, you're going to do that. Did you get in an argument with somebody at lunch that day? So your brain is automatically going to think about that. It's going to take a minute to debrief. And then you get in the car and you're so emotionally affected by what has happened to you that day that you're not paying attention to the road. And one of the things that Sad tries to preach is to do like a mental health check before you get in the car. Every day when I was done at school, I would sit in my car. I would check my phone because I know I'm not gonna be able to while I drive. So I quickly check my phone. I take a minute to just breathe and kind of think about what has happened during the day and then remind myself, okay, it's time to focus on the road. And I think that's something that teens, students, and realistically, a lot of people, regardless of their age, don't think about. We've seen a lot of rise in mental health awareness, especially since the pandemic, and it is a really important issue. So, you know, you, you don't think that your mental health really might affect the way you drive, but it does. And, you know, mental health affects how you drink, how you use substances, and that's going to affect how you drive. I know as a teen. That's for sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, even as a teen in the car, sometimes, you know, I'm always like, oh, I wonder if so-and-so texted me back. I wonder if so-and-so is, you know, liking my Instagram post. But I'm not going to pull out my phone and check. And that's something I'm grateful that I know how not to do. But some people can't fight that urge because like they're just so hyper focused on what's going on on their phone and that's all caused by their emotions and then you add driving into that and then it just makes it even more harmful there is a really big link between your mental health and how you're going to drive well and also too uh car manufacturers are not doing anybody any justice right now because you plug your phone into your car you get a text from somebody it's going to show up, right up on the dashboard and if you get a text from Say it's mom, right? Mm -hmm. You're gonna look at it. Says mom, okay, uh, you know. But then now on your mind, in your subconscious, right. you know, there's a text from that person, and they're waiting on you. Right. I can only imagine it's from somebody that you're you're currently flirting with or something. Right. You see their name pop yeah. up in your dashboard. You're grabbing that phone. Right. You're grabbing that phone. I know most people would yeah. instead of like. And then you have the ability to reply, listen to the yeah. message, do all that kind of stuff. And that's why SAD also preaches to put your phone on do not disturb. Your car has a radio. I mean, if you don't, you're not gonna listen to all 
10 arrows to Taylor Swift at once. And so yeah. be it, you should be paying attention to the road. I know sometimes that's another thing is just because technology is so developed that you could go on there and you could scroll on Apple Music and you can scroll and pick your playlist and you know that while you're driving. Yeah, and while you're doing that, even right. if it is just picking the song, right? Your eyes aren't on the road. Yeah, it, it, it isn't. And you're just picking a song. It's like, okay, you rationalize it. Say it's like a two-second thing. Say you're at a right. stoplight, right? Yep. But you pick up your phone. What do you do? You swipe up. Boom. You've seen all your messages, right. your emails. Now, you're That's not even... your mind is. Yeah. And, Why did and, they email me this? Why did they text me this? Yeah, and even if you put your phone down, you right. put it down, you're now not zoned into the road. Yeah. You're thinking about... X person, which is now you're thinking about their, your last encounter with them or exactly. whatever it is. and It's a spiral. Um, it just yeah. keeps going and it's going and it's going. And that's why, you know, when I put my phone in my car, I don't let the screen face me because then when it alerts you, it's going to just It's going to show. Up, you up, see the brightness. Yeah, yeah. So that's why you should do not disturb it and not let it face you. Out of sight, out of mind is kind of the case with that. Let the radio play. The car originally, you know, years ago before technology was so developed, Nobody designs a car so that people are going to get into a crash. That's why your radio's on there. That's why all the options, you have a steering wheel. You can turn up the volume under it. You can change the song under it. You don't need to be looking at it and touching it and responding to all the messages. And also, you know, I think another issue is, you know, your mom's going to text you. Your mom doesn't want you to text and drive. So that's when you have to think about, okay, you know, I think she will understand if I tell her I didn't get back to my message because I was driving. She should understand because you were doing a proper decision to save your life. And sometimes it's so hard because I think like we've seen social media is incredibly rising these last couple of years. So when you're getting all those notifications, you want to go and reply to somebody's comment. You want to see yeah. what they posted, but just wait. And I, that's why I always try to take a couple of minutes before I drive. And once I get done driving to just, I might scroll on social media for a second. I'll be like, okay, you know what? Time to focus on driving now. And that's just because I'm, I'm mentally able to. I've trained myself to do that. But sometimes, you know, we might not be able to do that just because of that mental state we are in. So it's a very good point because it's being intentional with it where, okay, I am going to check social media. Right. But then I am going to put it down. Because a lot of times we're in such a rush that it's like, all right, I'm just going to get in, turn on the keys, look at the phone real quick. And you're not really thinking, all right, I'm definitely going to put this down, not going to touch it again until I get back. Right. But also, too, like your, your GPS is out there. So when people are traveling, oh, I'm going to go look at the GPS, then boom, you got three, four, five messages. And it's right. like, oh, man. I, and I feel like almost like that system is is not intentionally, but it is designed to, to be to be a distraction where you, sometimes you have to grab that GPS and then boom, you're looking at um, the latest news cycle that's right. popping off on Twitter and now you're like, oh man, I gotta be included. I gotta feel, you know, I'm getting FOMO, blah, blah, blah. And do you know this, this, this happened, that happened. And then, right. you know, you try to pull up your GPS, which actually, like on Waze, it'll show, like, or say, like, you're not doing this while driving, which right. clearly most people are. Right. And then it's hypocritical on their end because they'll say that, but then ask you notifications is this police car still there? Yes or no? Right. Is this, accident still up ahead and clearly like i would be driving when i'm supposed to answer those questions so Waze actually really does not do a good job of of doing that because they know you're driving and they are banking on you doing that while driving which then okay i see a cop car 
I'm coming up the road. Now I'm out looking for the cop car yeah. because I don't want to get a ticket. And then I'm going to hit the yes, he's there or no, it's not. And that itself is just designed for a distraction, which now I think about it, it's really like that is messed up. Yeah. And I also talking about this, it realizes how it makes you realize how important passengers are. You have a passenger. I typically dedicate who's ever in my front seat, that passenger seat. You're my DJ. You're my secretary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can change the music. I can verbally tell you what song I might want to play. You can respond to my messages. You can do all this. And that is also something that I think a lot of people forget to realize is let your passenger have that role of doing that for you. Make them have that Make role. Make them have that role. Yeah. Exactly. It's so important because, two, sometimes I think we forget the power of the passenger. If you say you have four people in your car, one in your passenger seat, three in the back, someone can be the DJ, someone can be the secretary, and I like to designate that. You know, it's also fun to do in general. But then it keeps your mind off of it and it gives you your job. You're the driver. You know, you're not supposed to be the DJ too. You're not supposed to be responding to your messages. Yeah. Let somebody else do that for you. And then you are getting your messages responded to. And also remind them, I am driving, so I don't need you to be like, hey, you're getting notification, you're getting notification, you're getting notification. You know, sometimes talk about only alert me if it's a really important message. You know, maybe your mom is texting you what time you're coming home and you say to the passenger, hey, you can tell her I'm on my way home now. Yeah. It doesn't need to be anything lengthy. Realistically, I only ever have my passengers respond if it is my parents, if it's an emergency, or if I need the music changed, just because it's easy. And then, like I said, you're still trying to focus on the road. You know, you don't want to think, oh my gosh, so-and-so just posted on Instagram. You're like, what am I going to comment? That's mm. not something you need to do. You just really, you need to have a strong mentality. I think that's one of the hardest parts for teens. Teens have to cope with so many different things. And then you add driving on top of all of it. It's this thing that every teen thinks driving is a freedom. And while it is a freedom, you have to properly use that freedom. You have to know how to manage it, how to do it well, and how to do it safely. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen some some reckless uh, reckless decisions. I mean, down in um, Miami, the stuff I see people doing on scooters on, on micro mobility is insane where they're they are on the on the road and yep. they're they'll even buy like the gas like i don't want to call them motorcycles because they're not motorcycles they're more sit down casual like scooters a moped. yeah like a moped. moped and they're texting and driving texting and riding that which is, yeah. has a throttle on it yeah. so one of your hands is already used on the throttle exactly and you're texting or doing the gps because people do doordash and and all yeah. that which which is a whole nother like element of it of distraction but then i also look too and they're wearing shorts and a t-shirt no helmet i've seen somebody wear no shoes before yeah. and it's like if you go down on that blacktop you're going to have such a serious injury that you will right. never, I don't care what kind of doctor you have, they cannot take that skin off the blacktop mm -hmm. and put it on back on your body the same right. way. Because that's what happens. I mean, you go anything over 10, 15 miles an hour, when you hit, your, that same part of you is going to skid at least for a little bit. And if maybe you're smart, you'll like roll and roll and roll. So it's, it hits different parts of you and not just one. But you got people driving like they're in a, in a video game yeah doing that um with no helmet either which police officers will most of the especially the ones that specialize in motorcycle driving yep they'll say that most people end up dying in the motorcycle crashes like 
around those intersections where they're 10, 15 miles an hour because they weren't wearing a helmet. They yeah. just go down and they, they hit at that and you think it's slow, but you hit your head that you bleed out pretty quick or you're just a vegetable at that yeah. point. Yeah, and micromobility, it's crazy. And that's one of the rising issues right now. I mean, you go out, you can rent an electric scooter and you know, sometimes you ride it on the sidewalk, you're pressing your throttle, you're on your phone, you're gonna hit a pedestrian. You're going how many miles an hour? They can't just immediately dodge you. Yeah. They might also be texting and walking. Micromobility is crazy right now. Electric scooters, electric bikes are becoming so much more popular. And where are they becoming popular? In cities where there are more people. Yeah. And that's a big issue. Especially here, there's just um, a big talk here because there was an article that came out in the New York Post this morning saying that there's, I think it was eight people have just been killed in separate accidents in the recent either weeks or months um, just off of scooters, which I think in New York, I do believe you do have to ride those with the helmet, but I don't know if they're pulling the, well, it's not a, technically a motorcycle, it's a moped and mopeds, you don't have to wear a helmet on. I'm not sure how it is because it's a, that seemed like a very high number of deaths mm -hmm. if those people have helmets on. Yeah. Because if they have helmets on, then those are some horrific co collisions because most of the time you'll get hurt, but if you wear a helmet on wearing a and you're driving a scooter or a moped, you're usually not gonna die unless somebody is flying. Right. Which speed is obviously an issue when you combine, if you combine all of those, drinking, high speed and distracted, which I guess just go all just hand in hand right together all the issues while driving truly do go hand in hand and add the mental um health on top of it the distractions yeah. the intoxication you could literally be mentally unwell intoxicated on your phone not wearing protective gear and riding an electric scooter those are five ways i mean riding an electric scooter obviously in its own way it's if you do it safely it's safe but it can cause harm so you're adding what four ways you are yeah, making yeah. a bad decision while you're on that scooter or that bicycle. So bad, so harmful. And you know, sometimes people think, I'm gonna live for the thrill of it. You know, be wild, be crazy. No, be safe. You need to be safe. Yeah, at the end of it. Cause that, um, I, I know some people got some motorcycle accidents yeah. like and that. And you share the road. And, yeah. You share the road. Yeah, you do, you do. Regardless of if you're walking, riding a moped or driving, if something happens, everyone's screwed yeah really um so uh thanks for all this louis i appreciate yeah, it man of course. i appreciate you coming on i'd love to chat with you down the road on um on some some more impacts that you guys have had if you've you know your your types of types of approaches if they've changed on speaking with students and how receptive really students are on right on a lot of these and if they're actually implementing it on their own time or if they're just giving the yeah yeah yeah, yeah i'll do it i'll do it right. i'll do it and then maybe they do it for a day or two but um if they're really changing it before it hits home because by then it's like well everything we taught is um right. you know it's already hit home we were yeah. supposed to <laughs> we we're trying to right. that the exactly. whole time yeah. man you know <laughs> yep. um thanks so much Lloyd. of course thank you